This is WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Bart Walker. Well, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line. This morning, we are focusing on the city of Murfreesboro. And we have with us this morning our mayor, Shane McFarland. Hey, Shane, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. Great to be here. Good to have you with us on this beautiful morning. Yeah. May change by the afternoon. But yeah, it looks like we have some weather coming in this afternoon and tonight. Murfreesboro is a good place to hunker down. Though. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, let's see as we look around. Uh, quite a few things on the charts to talk about this morning. And I guess the, the, the thing that keeps popping up is uh, updates on what's happening at the Middle Point Landfill. Because we're hearing all sorts of uh, stories from one side to the other. Uh, rosy stories sometimes, not so rosy yeah. sometimes. What what should we what should we weigh on that? You know, it, it, it's interesting, Bart. I, I did an interview the other day with uh, Adam Mintz on on WKRN, and you know, Middle Point has started their publicity campaign. Um, there's a I think it's August the twenty third. The oral arguments are for where. Republic has sued the Central Tennessee Solid Waste Board and the city of Murfreesboro joined in that lawsuit uh, to help represent that board. So that's coming up. Uh, That's either the 23rd or the 24th. So, Bart, really looking at it, I I think you you look at more of a track record. And I hope that Middle Point and the ability that we've had to, you know, say that we're going to, fight what's going on out there i hope that has helped them improve you know, going back almost last summer where tdec put a, a an order of consent on them where they weren't covering properly and they had not been covering proper properly and i can say this and, and i've publicly said this i think the new general manager out there he's been here a couple of years now mike classen and i think he's really working hard to try to get that that landfill in order but in, even in his own words he said that Middle Point had not put their best foot forward, and they've had many general managers out there, and so they're doing these open houses now to talk about how good Middle Point is for the community and how they're good community partners, and and that for this community, the the cheapest thing and best thing to do is to continue letting a new landfill come and a new landfill get better and possibly take over the 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 old county landfill and fill up what they call the V airspace, which I think would be just a disastrous decision. I mean, I can't imagine if you would go back 30 years that the, the leaders back 30 years ago, knowing that it did save money, would choose the same direction that, that happened 30 years ago. I just can't. I can't see that. So I can't see why, you know, the county would want to allow a new landfill on top of an existing landfill in in their space that that's something that we would be adamantly opposed to and and we're we're going to those next steps to figure out what's next next part of that's a renewable natural gas facility which i think will 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 work because republic is proposed and hopefully constructing a renewable natural gas facility on their site at at middle point and lord knows after all of us who live close to the landfill there's plenty of gas out there that they can they can uh, redistribute so look at the end of the day i think i can speak for the council on this we want the landfill to be better we want for all of us 
in the community to not get complaints, to feel comfortable that a landfill around our drinking water is being handled properly. But let's be clear, Bart. 30% of the the trash that goes into that landfill, only 30% is from Rutherford County on a yearly basis. So when we hear Middle Point talk about, well, this is what's best for the community, let's wade through all the BS and say, no, it's best for Middle Point. Middle Point wants to continue bringing... Seven over seventy some odd percent of their trash from outside of Murphy's from outside of Rutherford County. That's what it's about. It's not about being a good community partner. It's about money. And I think when you go to these open houses and and look, we we want to partner and and but I mean the average resident and anyone who educates themselves on this issue, been in politics a long time. It's not about being the best community partner i hope that they're 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 true when they say that but it's about being able to get that landfill increase the life of that landfill and be able to continue to bring in as much trash as they possibly can for for their their bottom line from outside of rutherford county and and i feel pretty confident in saying that most people including those at the county and the county commissioners that i talk with one of the major things that we all agree on is we shouldn't be the dumping ground for the mid-state. And that's, look, we are right now. And that's a decision that was made way before anyone who's serving right now. We weren't here when that decision is made. But, I mean, there's a reason why Middle Point is being so aggressive and Republic is being so aggressive on their marketing campaign. And, and it's because they want to be able to continue the life of that landfill. Now, they are a private enterprise, and and they do want to make money. Uh, This just ran into my mind, and I wanted to run it by you. What would happen, or is there a way, that uh, new ways, new technology could be created, or maybe it's out there now, where you can take a landfill, reduce the waste going into that landfill through changing it like you've talked about, would they be able to come up with a way to do that in such a way and to such an amount that they could start reducing the size of that landfill, which would enable them as a business to continue bringing in garbage, but getting rid of it at the I, same time? I think there's all kinds of emerging technologies that are coming through. That's one of the things that the city's looking on our Butler Road site. There's been all this disinformation that's been sent out about what the city has been working on on our Butler Road site. There's been information saying that we're going to burn trash, that we're going to pollute the environment, that we're going to pollute our drinking water, which all is false. I mean, once someone sends me an email, there's been a a change.org petition being sent around and once you explain and you send all the information showing exactly what's going to happen, everyone's like, well, that's not what we were told. And that's just part of the world we live in. So, I mean, Bert, Bart, I think there's all kinds of emerging technologies. But I feel confident in saying that those emerging technologies should not include all of the trucks that are coming from outside of Rutherford County into our community with loads and loads and loads of trash. For the residents who are out there, every time you see one of the trucks that say Atomic on it, that's an 18-wheeler pulling a, a trailer full of trash that's coming from 
Davidson County. And look, we I, I love our friends in Davidson County. I've had lots of good discussions with Mayor Cooper and, and a lot of their leaders in, in Nashville. But, you know, the reason that, that no one is really pushing for new alternatives because it's easy to be to bring your trash to Murfreesboro and that's something I think we are drawing a, a, a line in the sand to say that there's there's better alternatives. Very good. Our phone number by the way 615-893-1450 and a listener is uh, sending this question in. They said in light of uh, last week's uh, accident, a rollover accident which one person was critically injured on Bradyville Pike uh, has there ever been a solution to the issues on Bradyville Pike that have been with us for several decades, including a young 11-year-old girl who was hit by an unmarked police car one evening uh, because it was so dark out there? They've already discovered uh, back uh, 20-something years ago that there was more automobile traffic, but the most traffic is pedestrian, and they needed more sidewalks and things of that sort we still don't see that what is the issue that's a great question not many people realize that bradyville pike is a state road and we've been going through for years the process to be able to reconstruct that significant portion of, of bradyville pike bart i'll get you the update on where we are on bradyville pike but it is in the queue on engineering and right-of-way acquisition i don't think we're in right-of-way acquisition as of yet which is Bradyville Pike is a two-lane road right now, so any widening of Bradyville Pike, you have to go through and, and acquire additional land. So take take people's land to be able to to widen that. But I do know that's in in the queue. We had a really good meeting the last couple of weeks to talk about the the governor's new plan on building state roads quicker, and that's been an issue that it takes a significant amount of time to be able to. To work on a state road and you know right now 231 from thompson lane to jefferson pike is is a big one highway 96 from compton lane or excuse me from dejarnet to compton lane is one that's a, a big one old fort parkway is one that you're getting ready to see being reconstructed so there's a lot of roads in our community thompson lane is one that's already going through right away acquisition right now that's a four mile very intense project that's going to be be done so there's a lot of our state roads that we partner and the state's been great to partner with on on all of those roads so hopefully you know those those roads will will, will be things you'll see moving quickly i remember in leadership rutherford back in the 1980s and that's a long time for a lot of you listening in there were three roads that were considered very dangerous here in rutherford county three roads halls hill pike yep Jefferson Pike and Bradyville Pike. Yeah. Those three roads had much in common. They were all two lanes. None of them had shoulders. Cor no shoulders. Correct. Just drops right off. And I think they all still... Uh, well, I think now Hall's Jefferson Hill. Pike... Um, Halls Hill Pike yeah, was, yeah, the city, was corrected about 15, yeah, 10, the 15 city years the, ago. The city and the county partnered on Halls Hill Pike. And I don't think that section of Halls Hill Pike was a state road. I may be wrong, but I think... it. We, par we just par outside Greenland Drive. Yeah, we partnered and we went. I want to say three miles on Halls Hill Pike um, to where that's 
it was Four going lanes. past Daniel yeah. McKee School. Correct. A lot of school students in that area. Yeah. And Jefferson Pike, I, I believe Jefferson Pike has gone through councilman, or excuse me, commi- I was going to say commissioner, but um, Representative Sparks has worked really hard on getting Jefferson Pike upgraded. I know they're working on the interchange right now at Jefferson Pike where Smyrna Ready Mix built their new their new headquarters and all the way from from that interchange back into gills hardware where smyrna is they're they're reconstructing that i drove it the other day it's 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 getting close so those are all all priorities but yeah bart not making excuses we we lobby as hard as we can for the roads in rutherford county the governor broke up a couple billion dollars and and they they broke that up through the three grand divisions of the state and that makes a lot of sense but the middle tennessee area is the fastest growing area in the state of tennessee and that that money was split up into three areas and it's a small piece of the pie for the largest growth area so we're going to do the best we can to to work to improve the roads that we've got that we need we know we need to improve okay so but you could get us an update on what is happening sure. for yeah i'll get an update on what's happening on on bradyville pike all righty we have uh, another issue here that uh, listeners wanting to know about uh they say that they continue to drive by the old methodist church downtown yeah bart I'm, my <laughs> you blood, know the my rest blood of blood it. pressure is going to go up <laughs> they say that they don't see anything happening at all i think it's important for it's important for for leaders to say we would have done something better and back in 2016 i still think we made the right decision in acquiring that we already owned a third of that city block and so we acquired the other two-thirds to be able to direct what was going to happen in that significant portion of downtown so we selected the developer to be able to to develop that property it went through an extensive vetting and and research and this the council at that time selected this developer well you know that that was in 2019 2020 covid moved along and or covid came and so the the development it, and rightfully so stopped but they came back with after COVID and said, "Look, we can't get the the hotel done because the financial institutions no one's no one's lending money on hotels." So they asked for some changes. We made some changes with them. When the project still hadn't started, Bart, and so we were told back a year ago, it'll be a year ago this October. I was on the show, and that you know a foundation permit was going to be pulled, and they were starting construction in October. Well, October the the property didn't get started. So I met with the developer a month ago and their legal representation, and it was not a great meeting. Gave them my opinion on where we were that that the city council and the city staff we were tired of hearing excuses on why that they had not started the property and now they're wanting to come back and make additional changes and they met with staff or the city staff on i think friday and bart i'll be real up front with this they're they're wanting to add i think more additional um more addition or some additional residential units which i think we do need residential units downtown but with that it had been 
it had been requested to to do away with office space and that's not what we would have selected or we would have even selected that developer five so they're mainly going to be residential yeah and that's not what it's supposed to be a mixed-use development so i don't know what's going to happen i mean I, i i it's one of those things that in hindsight going back in 2019 i would have never voted to select this developer knowing where we are now but it's going to be up to the developer to perform on the plan development that they have already it already has been approved i mean that that site is under a plan development that said where the developer said this is what we're going to build so they need to still be a mixed use yeah i mean they that that's my opinion i mean if if we if the developer would have come to us in 2019 and or when we were making this the selection in 2018 and said look we're just going to build all residential we would have said heck no well, that's not what we want we, it's a mixture of retail office and residential to be able to give that work live play all the things down downtown and so i don't know where it's going to be you know there's a lot of exciting things that are already happening downtown like where we're sitting right now and i mean i i told them this is just my opinion i'm speaking for one person if you're expecting me to support a bad project just to get something under construction that fits what you need it to be then i'm a no i mean i would soon just see it be vacant space instead of a instead of just approving a bad project so it's in their hands i don't know where where we'll be uh, is this the same developer the one from michigan it's uh i mean the the principal is from brentwood and uh, you know he has his representation legal representation is is here in murfreesboro so city staff are they're working with the the direction and i i mean i was honest with them i just said look if you're going to come to the city council and you're going to ask for a change i think you're going to find seven extremely upset and frustrated council members i think you're going to find seven extremely frustrated planning commission members because you keep coming to us asking for changes and then nothing happens so i i mean i told them absolutely the only way that i would support any additional changes is if there is a drop dead date that they don't get started then there's consequences for for not getting started well it seems like a, a, a real conflict here they're wanting to do one thing the city is saying no we want this so how do you get past that well i mean i don't think we're at the point of um i, I don't think we're Yes, it's a conflict because they're saying they've already asked for a change. I mean, they well, they got they got an approved plan back in 2018, 2019. Then came in 2000, late 2020, early 21, and said we need to change our plan. The city the city council said, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And now they're wanting to come back and change it again. So my stance is, look, you already been to us once. You said this is what we wanted to do. This is how we wanted to change the plan. We approved that. So perform on the plan that you said you needed and and now i mean of course bart in in the construction and finance world things have changed i mean your interest rates have gone from three and a half to four percent that now your your financing rate on a construction loan is eight and a half percent you know your finance so but that's not our fault i mean that's the world we live in so it it's up to them to be able to to, to perform the project that they've been approved on we have a question from a listener, and they're saying sure. that uh, one of the things they always enjoyed about that location was the bell tower 
and the sanctuary. Both were supposed to have been They're saved. saved. Yeah, they are being saved. Uh, are the persons concerned that maybe through lack of use, just sitting there with no one in it to maintain it, that they have deteriorated? Yeah, I mean, there's. I don't think there's any doubt that they're not as good as they were when they bought the property in, in 2018. I mean, we were maintaining it as a city in 2016 when we bought it. So, yeah, that's a valid excuse. But there were, I mean, that tower and that sanctuary are part of the plan development. So there is no plan unless they they have to, to fix and bring that back up to the standards. I mean, it's here's what I'll say, Bart. I learned this a long time ago. There was a lady named Peggy McCash that worked up at the county planning and engineering department. So anything that you went through the county planning and engineering department, and as a young person in construction, she had a thing on her desk, and, and I love Peggy, but it was lack of preparation on your part does not make an emergency on my part. And that's where I am at this point with this development. You know, you're supposed to be maintaining all those. So if it costs you more money because you, you've not prepared them, then that's on you. And And it sounds like that I'm, trying to be not obviously you can tell what i'm saying i'm frustrated about this because this makes us all look bad how long has this been seven since seven years no no activity for no seven activity years. in seven years i mean now this developer has not had activity for going on five years now four years now so yeah i'm very frustrated and i let the developer know that that i live in the world that you're only as good by what you tell people. And there's a lot of things that can be said about me. Look, you may not agree with decisions that we've made as a city, but I'm always going to try to be upfront and try to, just like I'm saying right now, I mean, I mean, I think going back, clearly we made a poor decision selecting this developer. We made, we made the decision based upon the best information we had at the time. But I think it's important when we make a mistake to say, look, we, we didn't get this one right. And that's what I told the developer, that it's not like a development in Nashville where you've got so much going on downtown that one project can sit for a while and no one really notices it. In Murfreesboro, it's not like that. So when you have a, a project that just sits, that that's not good. And and I think that's also, Bart, important. I shared this with, with staff mainly, especially on this Broad Street development, that you know we've had we've had these large developments that have come through that there's been a lot of hoopla but then they don't get started and i can go back and name four or five now it's different with the government that like when legacy development out on broad street that's it's not coming anymore but we go with the information that we have at the time we do all of our due diligence but we don't know what's happening inside those individual companies and we um we just need to make sure that we, we do our due diligence as best we can with people that want to come into the city, and then you know we hold them to the standards that we have here. Here's another question from a listener dealing with that project. They're asking if there were progress deadline penalties, forfeitures, and things of that sort built into the contract. Yes. I can't go into all the legal side of that, but I, I will say this. I feel very confident. I'm not a lawyer, but I feel very confident that Part of the thing that made that project 
viable was the county and the city approved what's called a, a TIF, which is tax incremental financing, which allows them to be able to invest, for example, into the parking garage that was a 400 400 car structure, but that provided downtown parking. But they're getting a tax incentive, and and look, they're not getting we're not giving them money, and we're not. What that does is that tells them that your tax rate that you have right now is frozen for an X number of years. So we're really saying, look, it makes sense to be able to allow them to get that incentive. And then X number of years down the road, that project starts getting taxed at a at a 40% rate, just like every other commercial structure. But it, it was very specific on deadlines and construction milestones that they had to, they've had to hit. And they've not hit, in my opinion, they've not hit any of those besides demolishing the, the old office space there. So yes, that was all taken into account. Now, we have another question. This person said the parking area that was the city parking lot uh, is just a parking lot. It is still there. The city has been inconvenienced. We're not able to park there anymore. We were told there would be a new parking lot. It's not even moving. Uh, Why don't you just move the fence away and let the people use the parking lot again? It's still there. Well, that's the issue. We don't own that property. So that that was about a third of an acre where that, I think there was 40 parking spots that were there. That part of the package was that corner lot right there on um, Lytle Street and I forget what the the church street, I guess it is. Um, No, it's not church. Anyway, that went with the property. So when the developer bought the property for a couple of million dollars, Spring, Spring Street, that's it. <laughs> yeah, when the, the the developer bought that property, that corner lot was part of the develop development plan. I think that's originally where the hotel was going to go on that corner. So, yeah, it's. I mean, Bart, it's not a good situation right now, and, and I know city staff is working working with them to try to push the project alone i mean in a perfect world i just wish would take the property back and i mean heck if it turned into park and green space for right now it'd be a great area downtown but i don't know where we're going to be and and i wish that we were not in this situation I'm, and like i said i'm extremely frustrated about it but we're, we're trying to mitigate the the best of a bad situation right now murfreesboro mayor shane mcfarland is our guest this morning If you have a question about any of the issues here in the city of Murfreesboro, we we do stress that they need to be Murfreesboro questions. Give us a call, talk or text. And really, the text is the best way. 615-618-1450. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Peter Demas. Join our family at Demas' Restaurant. So many people buy so many different things. You know, I go out to eat and I like eating steak where my wife will end up getting our salmon. Our salmon is cut fresh, so she loves our salmon. It's one of those places that you can go. You can get pastas or chicken. You know, the kids love it. Get what you want at Demas's Restaurant and not be limited just to one or two items. Join our family at Demas's Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Dan at Music World and Drummer's Den. Well, it turns out we have keyboards as well. We have Yamaha. We have beginner models up to ones that look good in your living room like furniture and all points in between traveling musician synthesizers and pianos. Well, what about drums? Do we have drums? We are Music World and Drummer's Den. 
2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Good morning. Traffic's still a little bit slow, but it's better than it was 15, 20 minutes ago on 40 westbound coming past Spence Lane from that earlier crash. Still heavy up through the Hickory Hollow area on 24 out of Rutherford County going westbound as you continue towards Nashville. Uh, very busy still there on Vietnam Vets westbound at Conference Drive, making your way through Hendersonville. Prince's Hot Chicken is catering. Check out that menu today at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. We'll see a few spotty showers and thunderstorms possible late this afternoon. Partial sunshine develops a high in the upper 80s. Tonight, chance for rain showers and storms alone near 71. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vujicicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 67. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. Broadcasting from the tallest tower in the city with that little red light on top. FM 100.5, FM 101.9, and AM 1450. The Action Line on WGNS, powered by Middle Tennessee Electric, MTE's charitable foundation, Sharing Change, is funded by members who round up their electric bills to the nearest dollar each month as a donation and support of the hundreds of nonprofits. Find out more about sharingchange.org. We're focusing on the city of Murfreesboro this morning. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland is with us. And if you have any questions, the number to call to text your question to us, 615-618-1450. In the news is uh, about the community decency. This, This is something that's been discussed for quite a bit and was brought on, I guess, by issues at Cannonsburg and things of this sort all around the town. It got very controversial. Our, uh, tell us how the progress is on that. The city has uh, come to a solution, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, the majority of the council passed a Community Decency Standards Act that was, that was a month or so ago, Bart, and it really just put guidelines I was very supportive of it because it really put guidelines to say, here's one, what's expected, and here's two, what happens if you if you don't follow the guidelines. And this is on city property, Bart. Not it 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 got really convoluted. It got convoluted on people were bringing up about you know thinking that the city manager and the chief of police were going to go raid the library um it, it, and it's just not the case now I, I will say bart there are things that it did put in place about what is acceptable with children and that really is what it boils down to i mean going back to the the borough pride event back in october i've been very clear to say that i think any organization that follows the standards and guidelines of our special use agreements inside the city of Murfreesboro has the constitutional right to be able to assemble on private on, on governmental property. I think that's very important. And that's groups whether I agree or disagree. It's not my job to say what group that I affiliate or I agree with whether they could use city property or not. That's just not the way it works. But it also puts something in place to say, 
and, and this is something we passed about two weeks ago that regarding adult entertainment that if you're within a certain distance of a of a place of worship or a school or a park then there are expectations when you use those facilities and bart i think that's common sense i think even those that are in the lgbtqia plus community if you go through and say look does it make sense to have this type of event or these type of actions around, for example, Patterson Park, where you've got a parks facility and a school? Most people, I think, using common sense would say, no, there needs to be some different there's guidelines where, where children are present and where a parks facility is present. But then, you know, now because of the world we live in, everyone thinks that there's like these ulteri- ulterior motives and that's really what happened back October of last year at the event at Cannonsburg. I mean, the majority of that event was fine. But there was a portion of that event where adult entertainment, clearly, it was adult entertainment. And, and there was a situation that I, I, I think that even talking to the organizers, I haven't been involved in those conversations, but... You know, Mr. Tyndall sent a letter June 1st. This narrative out there that we're trying to punish a specific group, that's just not true. But the group that we've tried to talk with, who now they're going over to Miller Coliseum to have their event, which I think you have the right to have your event, that group was completely unreasonable to even provide assurances that some of the things that happened back in October were not going to happen again. I mean, Mr. Tyndall sent a letter to them that just said... Hey, if you can provide assurances to show that these actions will not happen again, then we'll talk about different places that you could have your event. That group was not willing to do that. So all the people who come to council, and you know, they call me a homophobe, or they call me all these different. All the council members, they call us these different. They don't. They've not researched to really see what has happened behind the scenes, and that's the part where I think it's it's just the world we live in. It's much easier if you don't agree with someone just to start throwing names and and calling names out. But the city's tried to be reasonable. This is not about keeping one group from from assembling. And so the council has put in what I would say safeguards for protecting minors. And and you'll read, I've, golly, Bart, over the last year I've read and tried to research and educate myself on all these different things. And I think the city's trying to be reasonable. I mean, you look at things that are happening across the country – and, and I think the majority of people that that you you talk to in this community would say, no, no, that's not acceptable. And and I, I do think I made a comment that you know someone had had accused us of being an autocracy uh, about that. I mean, we live in we have a form of government here where you democratically elect your council, right? And then from that point, it turns into a representative form of government where the council members make decisions based upon what they feel like the constituency in Murfreesboro would agree with. I mean, Bart, I think all of us have the right to be able to live our lives peacefully and, and enjoyably or have an, an enjoyment, but we have to make tough decisions. And with me, I think one of my number one priorities is protecting the youth in our community. I, I, I think putting those safeguards in place and most reasonable people would say, yeah, that makes sense. And that's where we are with all that. 
We have a question here from a listener who said, ever since this happened, there have not been as many activities at Cannonsburg. And it was said one point that uh, Cannonsburg would be renovating its facility as well as Front Street. Although there are no activities there, none of those items have been started yet. No renovation uh, on the street or on the facility itself. If Cannonsburg, the, the Front Street, South Front Street is getting ready to be under construction, that's going through design with the Town Creek. You'll notice that we're going through, we've gone through property acquisition all through that Town Creek area. So that all is going to be in conjunction. I'm excited that that's getting ready to get started. It's taken a while to go through the acquisition process of all those properties on Broad Street. But Bart also, in Uncle Dave Macon days, has moved to Shelbyville in, I think, their October. I met with them a couple of weeks ago that they're going to have the Mule Day and Uncle Dave Macon days. But Cannonsburg is not a great place to have an event. There's no parking. And so you've, you somehow have to figure out there's no pedestrian bridge going over Broad Street. With our new development plan, there will be a pedestrian bridge going over South Church Street or from from broad, the South Church Street area over to the Broad Street area. But it's not a great area to be able. There's a gravel parking lot over there, but there's there's no parking for any event that's there. So somehow you have to figure out how to have police or to be able to cross a five-lane highway to be able to walk over to it. It's just not a great area. And that's one of the things with Cannonsburg that, redevelopment of that bottoms area i think there's a lot of exciting things that are are coming down the pipe um so is the bottoms going to be part of this well the bottoms that whole bottoms area is part of town creek right i know but at one point i thought there were no developers who came forward with ideas saying i want to do that one i'm not ready to publicly announce anything but there's a lot of there's a lot of really exciting things that are happening in that cannonsburg area that hopefully will 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 take place i think you'll see in a september workshop meeting that there will be some some information that will come for the council to to talk about in that that entire downtown bottoms area but it's one of those things bart i I have i'm skeptical with everything until you you start seeing a shovel in the ground so this could be one of those Ray Duffy moments. Ray Duffy was the first director of Murfreesboro Park. I remember. And prior to that, he was doing sports here. Yeah. And he would say in the games when something really got exciting, hold on to the bedsheet granny. That's right. You know, I always heard uh, Eddie Smartherman, you know, was a council member of ours for years, and I always heard him talk about Ray Duffy stories. So, Great, great guy. Our number is 615-893-1450. Stay with us. We will return. We're talking with Pat Wingo at Adams Place. I just thank God every night that my sons did the research and put my husband and I here because there's activities, there's great food, the people are awesome, the help, the staff is awesome. I thank God every night, and I'm so thankful for Adams Place. Hi, this is Terry Deal at Adams Place. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank. 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, 
capstarbank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hey, it's Scott. When it comes to health, there are numbers that every man needs to know, including our very own testosterone numbers. I recommend going to Low T Center where they make it quick and easy to get your levels checked, and it's only 25 bucks. You walk in, take a simple blood test, and with their on-site lab, you'll know your results in about 25 minutes. Low testosterone levels can make you feel tired, grumpy, cause lack of motivation, and drive. It can also raise your cholesterol, cause weight gain, and loss of muscle mass. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Welcome back. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland is with us. We're in the final segment of the broadcast. And here is another question that's uh, coming to us. Uh, This one is asking about the blinking caution lights downtown. It was an experiment. uh, Lytle Street mainly. Uh, Will they be used elsewhere? Has uh, Has the test been successful? We've not gotten the data back. The council has not yet. But that's something that we were updated an entire new downtown traffic study. I can't remember the name of Neil Schaefer is the the engineers who were who were doing that, but it's really an overall new look at the, at all of the downtown traffic including maybe some east and west only streets, some only north and south streets. Um so it's something that one-way streets. Then. One-way streets, yeah. So that's something that I know we're we're waiting to get that back, but we've not seen the data on that. But I, I know I, dr- I drive through those every single day um, with the flashing yellow lights. And so it'll be interesting to see. I also got Jim Kerr is going to send us an update on Bradyville Pike, but they are in right-of-way acquisition on Bradyville Pike right now, which means that that's really the last step before you can – approve engineering and let the the project forbid here's another question from a listener and this one says i know the city has given raises to city employees especially emergency service personnel just wondering if the city plans on doing any type of cost of living raises for retired city employees yeah that's a tough one bart we did a we did i want to say not this budget but last budget we did a one-time payment to our retirees and I'm thankful for all of our retirees. What, what a lot of people don't know, the, the retirees that are retiring under our, our current, it's a defined benefit plan. So they were guaranteed 60-some-odd percent of their highest five years forever. And, you know, those pensions are just not around anymore. And so I, I've tried to be honest with our retirees to say, when you go and say, look, we want to give a cost-of-living adjustment, into your pension it's a very detailed process to go through you have to have actuarial studies like the last time we looked at it the the federal government it's called GASB 49 they regulate what your pension is and what it does it keeps governments from from just saying oh sure we're going to do that and the next thing you know the pension's not pension's not solvent where you don't have enough money to pay your people the last time that we looked at, at a cost of living adjustment to where we would say, okay, look, retirees get a 3% or 4% cost of living adjustment, it was, it was like a $4 million number that the taxpayer immediately would have to put into the pension to fund that payment from here on out. So I don't see us amending that that pension plan as it is right now. I mean, the city has a very healthy benefit package, especially for those that, that retired. So, and again, Bart, I'm just 
being honest, I, I think we may could look at as as our budget increases or, or does better that we could look at, at continuing to do maybe one-time payments. Uh, I think we did five hundred dollars the last the last one that every retiree got a just a five hundred dollar check, and it, it's a double-edged sword because we did we did that, and I, the council thought that we were doing the right thing, but then we had people who were felt like that they were upset that we just gave five hundred dollars and so it's a tough thing most of us in the private sector have our own i mean our own 401ks and it's just a different world that we live in when you look at governmental governmental pensions it's just not as easy as saying hey the council wants to do the right you know do give a three percent increase it is a very tough process to go through and be able to amend that now i mean with that being said i, I think there's there's definitely especially when you look at how much things cost now i mean our sales tax numbers are up but i mean it costs 50 percent more to buy some things now so i mean it's it's not that we're selling more it's just the prices are more so i I definitely think to the retiree there's there's areas that the city can look at at how we can improve that now we've had this question coming up before but uh, let's look at it again the speed humps that were put down on alexander boulevard yes uh I think they did pretty well to slow people down. And now remember when they went down, you said, after we have that, we're going to look at it and possibly put them in other places. Yeah. They haven't been in other places yet. Yeah. Yeah. We've got several. Oh, yeah. Okay. We've got several that have been throughout the community. There's some on Breckenridge Drive that were put in. So it's a, it's a, it's a detailed process that you have to go through. So if a neighborhood wants Correct. If a neighborhood wants some, there's an application process they go through. That goes to our engineering department. It has to have a certain number of the people that are around those those speed humps to be able to sign off and approve that. Then the the traffic counts are checked and then it goes through a three or four step process to be able to say, Okay, yeah, we can we can do that. So I think you're starting to see those come in our our areas where or our our areas in our community where we know like for example bart we put one on haynes haven drive right by northfield there's a curve right by on haynes haven drive right by the the rear entrance to northfield elementary and that's where a car went through a lady's house so i went over and met with it was an mtsu professor and she showed me everything and so the application came in the staff looked at it, it was like oh yeah no problem we we need to put one there you're starting to see those come in our community, um, and, and I think make a make a difference to getting people to slow down on those those roads. That I mean, like Alexander Drive, that's one of those roads that was built 25 years ago. It, it, we don't like straight 1.5 mile roads being built in a residential as a residential collector because people fly up and down those roads, and so Alexander helped with that. We have about 30 seconds sure. left. Is there a Shane moment that you wished you had had a chance to say this morning that we haven't had a chance to really jump into? The only thing I'll say, Bart, I hope you can tell, I love doing this. I mean, I'm, I, the, it was a year ago last week that, I think it was August 4th, that we had our elections. And I, I think, I hear this all the time, I do think local elections do matter. But you're not always going to agree with the people that you, who, who represent you. But I think what you want is making sure that your people are, are authentic and honest. 
And so I, that's what I tell to the residents who are out there. I enjoy doing this. There's not been a day that I, I've woken up in the last 20 years to say, man, this stinks. I wish I wasn't doing that. So thank you all for the opportunity to serve you, and, and thank you for putting me in this position. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland with us this morning on WGNS Murfreesboro.